Hi, everybody. I'm Jaden Doye, and I'm delighted that you've joined me for this episode of the Long Quarter Podcast. I'm known as the Traveling CPA, and I've dedicated my professional life to helping firm owners reach new heights and catch more flights. I believe that you don't have to be tied to a desk seven days a week to have a profitable firm. That's why I'm here, bringing ideas and information that can help you create a first-class firm that pays you the salary you deserve and provides you with the lifestyle you desire. Now I want to talk about a couple of different deductions that firm owners should be aware of. First one being meals. I don't know about you all, but I love to eat out. In fact, one year, I set a goal to eat at 50 different restaurants in Atlanta. So if you are taking a client out to dinner or you are talking to a potential referral partner, or let's say you are meeting with a prospect, the idea of wining and dining has been outdated for a lot of people. However, sometimes you have to do what you have to do to get the client. And if during that meeting, during that meal, you are in fact discussing business, either looking to obtain this person as a client or discussing their case or discussing possibly passing referrals to each other, then that meal can be tax deductible. And since COVID, the government is trying their best in order to get more monies back into the restaurant industry. So what they have done is that they've changed the law to where instead of only 50%, business meals are now 100% deductible. One thing that you want to make sure that you do is you get a copy of the receipt at the top of the receipt, write down who you met with, and what the business purpose was. Then you want to take a picture of that receipt. And if you use a app like QuickBooks Online, you can easily snap that receipt right into the app. And in the event that you're audited, you have those receipts. Believe it or not, in the event of an audit, uh, the bank statements will not suffice for backup. They will also require receipts. So I recommend all business owners save an electronic copy of all their receipts in their internal files. The next one I want to talk about is home office. As the pandemic is still continuing throughout the nation, more people are working from home than ever. If you are one of the law firms that is fully virtual and you fully work from home, then there is a chance that percentage of your home expenses can actually be deducted for tax purposes. These expenses include mortgage interest, rent, utilities, mortgage insurance, renter's insurance. It's really based on how much of the home you use exclusively for business 
and you divide that amount divided by the total square foot of the home. So, for example, let's say you have a 300 square foot office in your home and your home is 1,200 square feet. 300 divided by 1,200 gets you 25%. So that means that 25% of your direct expenses can be attributed to the home office expense. Be sure to talk to your CPA so that they can help you calculate this for your particular case. Another expense that oftentimes people forget about are professional fees. Whether it's your accountant, your tax preparer, other attorneys, consultants, coaches, these professional fees that you pay are in fact tax deductible. So working with a certified public accountant is actually in your best interest because it is tax deductible. And the last one I want to discuss is furnitures, computers, and other equipment. So if you are one that likes to sit all day, you don't have a standing desk yet, then consider getting a chair with a back massager. It is actually tax deductible because that office chair is exclusively used for business. So all of the computers and the equipment, the printers, all of those things can actually be tax deductible. Now, many of these are actually considered fixed assets. So fixed assets are usually depreciated and not fully expensed in the year of purchase. So what does that mean? Well, the IRS figures if you buy a computer in 2022, you're not only going to be using that computer in 2022, you'll be using that computer for a few years. And so in the IRS code, there are there are rules regarding actually depreciating this, meaning we are taking a portion of the expense over the next seven years. So hypothetically, let's say you buy $7,000 worth of computers and computers are required to be depreciated over seven years, you will expense $1,000 worth of the computers each year for the next seven years, hypothetically. Now, keep in mind, there are ways that you can accelerate depreciation and possibly even take the full expense in the year of purchase. But you have to have a good CPA that knows what they're doing and can protect you in the event of an audit. Hey, it's Jaden here taking a quick break. Thanks for listening this far. I just wanted to let you know about the Law Firm Growth Toolkit I've put together. You can actually download it now at www.lawandquarter.com. This toolkit will provide you with the resources needed to start making strides towards creating the firm of your dreams. Let's talk about something called the Augusta Rule. 
The Augusta rule lets homeowners rent their home for up to 14 days without needing to report the rental income on their individual return. This rule applies to any taxpayer who owns a home here in the United States. As long as your home is not your primary place of business. The Augusta rule IRS exemption was lobbied for by residents of Augusta, Georgia in the 1970s. See, each year the Masters Golf Tournament is held here in Augusta National Golf Club. And the residents of that city wanted to find a way to rent their home to the attendees. And their efforts actually did pay off. And Section 280A was added to the tax code. Now, fortunately, today, the Augusta rule not only applies to those in Augusta, but those all over the U.S. Now, with the Augusta rule, I've seen homeowners actually rent their home to businesses for either business retreats or business meetings, things of that nature. And most people think, okay, I'll just rent my home to my business for $10,000 a day for the next 14 days and I won't have to report it on my taxes. No, that won't work. You see, the rental rate has to be market rates, meaning what would other homes in that area or other homes that are of equivalent value to your home rent for for each day so this requires a bit of research and if if you can prove in the event of an audit that the fair market rate is maybe let's say $500 a day then that would be the maximum amount that you should comfortably use if you choose to use the Augusta rule now let's talk about my favorite tax deduction as you all know I'm all about catching flights and not feelings so let's talk about how you can turn a vacation into a tax deduction so a number of different travel expenses to be aware of are the plane, train, bus tickets, baggage fees, laundry and dry cleaning during your trip, rental car costs, hotel, Airbnb costs, business meals and um, meals that you partake in while traveling to and from your destination. On a business trip, you can deduct up to 100 percent of the cost of travel uh, to your destination no matter what mode of, of transportation you take. Now, let's talk about lodging. Lodging, whether it is Airbnb, hotel, those are also tax deductible. Now, the IRS requires that it that is an actual business trip. So how do we make sure that this is considered a business trip. What I like to tell people to do is to make sure that majority of your trip are business days. So let's just give an example. Let's say you went to Vegas from Thursday to Tuesday. Thursday, you fly into Vegas. Friday, you meet with clients. 
Saturday, you went zip lining and did the ATV. Sunday, you did rock climbing. Monday, you met with clients again. And Tuesday, you flew home. You see, the IRS does not count Saturday and Sunday. They're looking at business days. So out of the four business days you were there, all four would be considered business, actual business days. Okay, so you conducted business on Friday and Monday meeting with clients and Thursday and Tuesday still count because you were traveling on those days and travel days do count as an actual business day. Now, what you do over the weekend, that has nothing to do with the business that was conducted because it would not have been cost prohibitive of you to fly back home Friday just to come back Monday to meet with clients again. So. That's why I usually like to leave on a Thursday so that I can get a couple business days in, have a nice fun weekend, get back to business at the top of the week because they won't be looking at the weekend. All right. Next, let's move on to. If you bring your family on a business trip, then the. Travel expenses for the family members will not be tax deductible unless those family members happen to be employees. And this is a company retreat in order to grow the bond between all of the teammates so that we may increase efficiency and productivity in this firm. Regarding when you can hire your kids really depends on what state you're in. Every state has different laws as it pertains to hiring children. And you want to make sure that whatever role you hire them for is a actual normal job duty. So you would not pay you would not pay another person a thousand dollars an hour to make copies. Therefore, in the event of an audit, it would be very difficult to prove that your son who's nine years old is getting paid a thousand dollars an hour. So this takes intricate planning in the beginning of the year or the year prior to make this work and have the paperwork in order to suffice in the event of an audit. Another thing people often forget about is time tracking. So in order to provide additional backup in the event of an audit, I recommend time tracking on everyone in the firm so that if you were audited, you could pull all of the timesheets to show when the person was working to support the fee that they are getting. Thanks so much for listening to the Law and Quarter podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at www.lawandquarter.com for more show notes and additional episodes. If you have time, subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. 
That will help other people find us. Again, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Law and Quarter podcast.